So I would like to share with you today, we're going to be starting a new series, um, hence, you know, God's story. And so we're going to be talking about some critical things of faith in the first month. And then this year, we're going to be looking at important stories of the Bible. It's interesting to me, the Phil Vischer, the man that created Veggie Tales, and I'm sure all of you could sing the song, Please Spare Us, but, you know, we all know those, you know, and, and the different videos of David and Goliath and Noah and, you know, Josh and the Big Wall and all that stuff, you know, are awesome. And our kids learn those stories, and, and they're amazing. And yet he commented recently in some information, talked about how, yes, those are all true, but we need children to understand it's one story that it's one story, and it's God's story. And yes, David's a part of it, and Noah's a part of it, and all of that, but it's one story. It's what God has done. So I'm preaching today on creation, which, you know, we probably could all stand and sing, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's not to minimize it, it's just, it's very well known. And so I'd like to read to you some information from a book called The Jesus Storybook Bible. And it's one of the best I have ever read uh, for children, but also for people who maybe are learning English as a second language or needing more information about the Christian faith. It's just very, very good. And so I encourage you, if you do not have one and there's a child in your life, I encourage you to get one. But also for those that may be wanting just more information about Christianity, it puts it in a very good way. So because this is a little bit longer than some of the scriptures we read, although maybe not last week when I read the entire psalm, but um, that's why I had you be seated. So hear her words. She's paraphrasing scripture. This is not, you know, total scripture, but hear it, please. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who came from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything, to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful fairy tale that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is that it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story, the story of how God loves his children and has come to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story, and at the center of the story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. It is like the missing piece of a puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together, and suddenly you can see a beautiful picture. In the beginning, there was nothing, nothing to hear, nothing to feel, nothing to see, only emptiness and darkness and nothing but nothing. But God was there, and God had a wonderful plan. I'll take this emptiness, God said, and I'll fill it up. And out of the darkness, I'm going to make light. Out of nothing, I'm going to make everything. Like a mommy bird flutters her wings over her eggs to help her babies hatch, God hovered over the deep, silent darkness. He was making life happen. God spoke. That's all. And whatever he said happened. And God saw all that he had made, and he loved them. And they were lovely because he loved them. But God saved the best for last. From the beginning, God had a shining dream in his heart. He would make people to share his forever happiness. They would be his children, 
and the world would be their perfect home. So God breathed life into Adam and Eve, and when they opened their eyes, the first thing they ever saw was God's face. Can you imagine? And God loved them with all of his heart, and they were lovely because he loved them. And Adam and Eve joined in the song of the stars and the streams and the wind in the trees, the wonderful song of love to the one who had made them. Their hearts were filled with happiness, and nothing ever made them sad or lonely or sick or afraid. And God looked at everything he had made and said, perfect, and it was. But all the stars and the mountains and oceans and galaxies and everything were nothing compared to how much God loved his children. He would move heaven and earth to be near them, always, whatever happened, whatever it cost him, he would always love them. And so it was that the wonderful love story began. We are very familiar with Bible passages. We're very familiar with Genesis 1-1, and we're very familiar with passages in John that talk about creation. And yet, it's, it's one story. It's part of a big story. So from beginning to end, the Bible is the story of God's love for mankind. And we teach our children different stories about the Bible, and that is good and true and important, David and Goliath and Noah and all that kind of stuff. But it's really one story, God's story, what God has done, not so much what people have done. So we look to the stories of the Bible and how they fit together. And as we see across the Bible, creation, and then the fall, sin, and then redemption, and then restoration. So those are the things that we're going to be looking at and talking about in this next month. For creation, there is so much that can be said, and there's so much that has already been said. And so I don't want you just to kind of slip into those gear, um, because I understand this is what you've heard before. But several things, we all know the story, but several things that I think are important to point out with the story. Um, and you may think of others, this is not an exhaustive list, but one thing that I would say is that God spoke it from nothing. He spoke, and it happened. That, that he brought order from chaos. That the Trinity was a part, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were a part of creation. And that it was good. He didn't start with Genesis 3 and say, you bad, bad people. <laughs> you know? He started with Genesis 1. That it is good and very good. That it was a physical creation that he spoke. And there was light. It's interesting to me that light is the first thing he did. And light allowed for every other thing. Because without light, it's very difficult to have, to be able to see to where things are visible, but also for life. Let there be light. And there was light in the darkness, the first act of creation. Some people say in this that, that, this is poetry. Some people uh, say that, okay, this was a literal 24-hour period. In seven days, this happened. Some people say it's a longer period of time. 
And I think it's critical to not get so caught up in that as to, as to recognize what God did for us. And the creation, the things that we pass every day, and maybe we're just so used to it we don't even see it. But do we really see the sunrise? Some of us maybe more than others because you're awake at that time. Um, or a sunset. Or trees. Or a waterfall. Do we see his goodness and his creation in it? In the Amplified Bible, it says, when it, it says God said it was good, you know, God said let there be light and there was light. The, the Amplified said he affirmed and sustained it. That that is the implication. He affirmed the creation and he sustained it. God said, let there be, the scripture says, and then it says, and it was so. And then we have on the seventh day that he rested. There are a lot of opinions about this and a lot of teaching you can look to, but I think primarily he rested because he knew that we would need to rest. I don't know how many of you are a fan of that. Some of you may not, but the Bible talks about Sabbath rest. Um, it's like we don't have to be the hamster on the wheel all the time, that there can be a Sabbath rest, there can be a day of rest. When I was in college at Baylor University, um, I was in nursing school there, and you, you know, took two years in Waco and then two years back here in Dallas, and um, came back home, and, and my father was kind of, um, hmm, maybe unorthodox is a good way to put it, but my dad, during the time that I was gone to Baylor, and it was like five weeks or something, came back, you know, and you look forward to coming back in your room and all that stuff, right? Well, my father um, had decided to uh, put some hamsters in my room, <laughs> several, and there were about four different cages that he had made. Now, I'm not talking go to the pet store and get something cool, you know, with the little tunnels or whatever, you know, but he did have wheels for them. And so there were like four, four big cages of hamsters in my room. Do you want to know what my room smelled like? <laughs> Anybody have a, have a feeling on that or a thought on that? Um, I don't know if he thought hamster fur was going to go up, you know, it was going to be a <laughs> business investment. We only had about 10, you know, they were lovely. And guess what they did at night, all night long? And I was pretty happy about that. Um, he did move them the next, by the next time. I don't quite know. I didn't get the you know, message totally. You don't have to be the hamster on the wheel all the time. And yet sometimes we live like that. God created us for relationships. He created us to be, not to do. He created us for relationships and not performance. It's not a matter of performing, but it's, but it's do you really receive that you are a child of God? And if you're a child, then an heir. Galatians has a very famous passage of scripture that says, In the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might be called children of God. And if you are children, then you're an heir. Oh my goodness, do we even begin to understand and wrap our, head, our heads around everything Jesus came to do? 
in the Gospel of John, John 1, 1, uh, writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And not anything was, that was made was made without Him. In Him was light. And the light was the light for all men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. And then it goes on down into John 1.14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. So in these last few weeks, we have celebrated the season of Advent and the Advent wreath. Um, and we've celebrated not only when Jesus came as a baby, but that one day he will return. And then during Christmastide, we celebrate that God became man. C.S. Lewis writes that for God to become a man would be like for us to become a slug. Now, I don't know how you feel about slugs in your garden. I usually step on them. They're kind of right up there with spiders. Um, God became man to walk among us. And then we celebrate Epiphany when the wise men, as the kids did so well in their skit, the wise men, looking for a new king, came to worship. And the reality of the scripture, yet to be written, but the reality of the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The wise men were Gentiles. And so for the whole world, Jesus came, for all people, for all time. So I encourage you this day to think of the one who created you. And as he created you, he also redeemed you. And as he redeems, he also sustains. The Bible said his name is Emmanuel. He is God with us doesn't mean he goes away. He is with us. I think sometimes we forget. We forget. Just like sometimes I forget to look at a sunrise or a sunset and thank him for it. You know how remarkable it is that our world, while it began in chaos, he brought it into order. And so just how the planets align... And just, you know, we don't have to worry about the moon falling, you know, and all the different things that God keeps it in order. It wasn't random. I don't think there is any way that you could say creation or the creation of cells or the different things that are so intricate in our world could be random. He doesn't randomly watch over us. He watches over us. Colossians also affirms how what he has done and, and how he is the one that holds all things together. So when you feel like your world maybe is not all together, it's calling on his name that brings it together. It's calling on his name that brings hope and peace, the Prince of Peace. As we begin this new year, it's far more than getting a new calendar or turning a page. But it's a time that we can rejoice in God's story that we have the scriptures. 
God's story for us and to be grateful for what he has done for us and to ask him throughout our days, what would you have me do? What would you have me say? God, I I don't know what to do in this. What do I do? How do I pray? I don't know how to pray for this person. You can ask him about everything. So when we are in a dark place, you can ask your creator and redeemer and sustainer. You can ask him for light. And when our hearts are hurt, we can ask him for healing. Because the one who made you knows how to heal you. If there is chaos or confusion, then to ask him for clarity and order, ask him for his presence to be over that situation, just like the Spirit of God hovered over the waters before creation. If you are in a storm, you can call out to him, and he is the one that says, peace be still. I heard one Bible scholar say that he said peace to the disciples because they were very afraid, seasoned fishermen, and they thought they were going to die. He said peace to the disciples, shalom. And to the storm, he said be still. A literal translation is to lie down and be muzzled. We have to know that we are in a battle. We just are. It would be nice if there's, if it was not, but... There is Genesis 3, and Doug will talk about that next week. But as we recognize we are in a battle, we know what to do in calling on his name. It's when we don't think we're in a battle that often despair and discouragement and disillusionment can come in. Creation is good. What God created was good. And we need to enjoy it and take care of it. But sin is very real. And we needed a savior. And so God became flesh and lived among us. Someday all will be restored. And while it is hard for us to even imagine, would it be better than the Garden of Eden? I think so. Someday all will be restored. That's part of Advent. We look for his return. His presence is with us now. So as you come to communion, and this is not a Methodist table that all are welcome who understand God's love for them, that God is loving them, uh, how he draws us to himself. As you come to communion, whatever, wherever you are or whatever is going on or whatever is before you, he became flesh and walked among us. And his spirit is here, sustaining us until he returns. So we walk on that the God who created us, who redeemed us, who sustains us by his spirit will one day come again and restore all things. Oh my goodness, what an amazing time of history that we could be here at this time and place. What an amazing time for this church to be a part of what God is doing around the world, what God is doing in Carrollton, Texas what God is doing. So we thank you, Lord, for your presence among us. 
And we thank you that this day we do remember what you have done. And we remember that you came and walked among us. And we thank you for the cross and the resurrection. And that you will come again. So God, we look to you in this new year. That you created us. And you are with us still. Thanks be to God. Amen.